Hey, magic makers, I am in love. I just found Shore Lee Wines, and oh my God, I'm floored how absolutely delicious they are. So far, I've tasted the Sauvignon Blanc, I have tasted the rose, I've also tasted the bubbly rose, and they are absolutely delicious. I was interested in trying non alcoholic wines because there are just some days that, like, you just don't really want a drink, but you want the taste of wine without all of the extra calories or extra alcohol. And this is what Shirley does it tastes absolutely delicious. It is just what you need for a nice afternoon on the deck watching the sun set. If you've been trying wondering, are non-alcoholic wines, are they delicious? Do they are they worth my time? Surely is. It tastes just like the wine. And no, it's not fancy grape juice. They have found a way. I believe in magic. So they have found a way to remove the alcohol from actual wine. So you still get the wine taste, but without all of the alcohol. And so if this is something that you want to try, do me a favor. If you head over to the link in my bio, you can grab yourself 15% off your first purchase. Trust me, it is so good. I don't bring up products that I don't personally use. I am in their wine club and I've so far bought a case of this stuff and everyone that I've told about it, including you, are going to fall in love. So do me a favor, have a taste and then let me know what you think. And you get to save 15% by using the link in my bio. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes-Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers. Today, I had the great opportunity to talk to Dr. Lucy Burns. She is based in Australia, and she has a clinic called Epiphany Medical Weight Loss. And she works to unpack the diet culture, diet culture stigma. You know, as a, in our conversation, we talked that, you know, even though I want to lose weight, it doesn't mean that I'm buying into diet culture. You know, diet culture is this toxic energy. And she talked a lot about how toxic diet culture is and how she was a victim of diet culture, even, you know, with her medical training. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, the gross foods that we used to eat all in the effort because they had less calories, all because we were trying to restrict. And should we, we really get into the difference between, the difference between, yes, you need to calorie count for sure. If you want to lose weight, be in a calorie deficit. But do we have to restrict? And so she talks a lot about the difference between calorie uh, deficit and calorie restriction. We get into, you know, touching about insulin resistance and hunger and leptin and ghrelin. And we've really talked about how, you know, many of us are made to feel bad if we are hungry and how if we were to regulate our hormones, we wouldn't have this hunger response. Um, and we wouldn't have, you know, many of us have eaten our ways into metabolic resistance. You know, I, it's, 
too much. We've talked, I, I don't want to give away too much because it was a really great conversation. And she really unpacks a lot of the reasons why, you know, many of us feel that our weight loss has stalled. I know what she speaks is exactly how I was thinking for a really long time. So enjoy the episode. And if you love this, be sure to share it with someone else who may be feeling the same way. All right, today's iTunes review of the week is brought to you by C. Hayes 77. I am so happy to have found this podcast. I look forward to listening to the new episode every week. I just finished the latest episode on lifting weights and loved it. I listened to it three times because it's so informative. I feel like I have a trainer in my ear when I listened and a friend to chat with along with the things I love fitness. Oh, thank you so much, C. Hayes. That just fills my heart so full. So anyone else has a review, please absolutely share it with me. I love this and I appreciate every single review that I get. It just melts my heart that I am sharing the information that is going to be helpful for you to make sure that health and fitness is easy for you. All right, so we had a little technical glitch, but we're going. Uh, we're going back. I don't even remember what we were we were talking about. Um, so we were talking about the idea that you what you need to do to lose weight is the same thing that you need yes. to do to maintain your weight. And you had a beautiful line uh, about uh, your, your goal. I think uh, what was yeah, the line um, again? I can't, someone told me this, and it's just been like the, it's been like now become my mantra that the way you get your goal is the way you keep your goal. And, and I'm just like, yes, that is like, you know, you know, as you're working with clients, you're always trying to find like that thing that like that connects with them, the thing that they're going to be like, yeah, you're right. And that's yeah, the yeah, one absolutely. thing that I have found because, you know, I'm sure you see people come in all the time and all the crazy things that tell you they've either done or they want to do. And you're just like, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And I think, um, so, you know, sometimes people think uh, that if you don't believe in diet culture, that means that the you, you don't believe in weight loss either. They, right. they think the word diet culture equals is does not equal weight loss. And I often say to people, you know, you, you're allowed to change the way, the way you do things. You're allowed to, I mean, you're, you're actually allowed to do anything because you are the boss of you at the end right. of the day. Who am I to tell you anything? But if, but if you want to change maybe your health or or even and you know you you may want to change your shape you, you are allowed to do that but it's this idea that people will do it at any cost yes any cost to their body for this ideal mm. and then they do you know and and I look I've done it we've all done it I've been yes. on millions of diets and I have done wicked things to my body trying to get smaller and then wondered why it's not sustainable or that I fall off the metaphorical wagon and then just put it all back on. And then I just right. go, oh, my God, I'm hopeless. I can't just stick to anything. I can't maintain. I'm useless. And then that kind of becomes the the part of my identity is that, yeah, I can lose weight. I just can't maintain the weight loss. Right. And it's, But you also then become the identity of I'm a failure. Right. Correct. Because you, we assume all of the role we assume the role we don't ever think huh 
do you think that was just a little too hard for me right now? Do you think that was a little bit too advanced for me right now? Do you think maybe I'm trying to, you know, um, go to school and trying to get a promotion at work and trying to diet and it just wasn't the right time? Like we don't ever look at anything other than I failed. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't succeed in a diet. Yeah. And I think the tricky thing is too that up until very recently, all of the eating plans were pretty much um, low fat yes. and calorie counting. Calorie, and if it wasn't calories, it was points. And points yes. are just a fancy name to do calorie counting. Right. And look, uh, the human body doesn't work on extreme, it, it, it doesn't function on extreme calorie restriction no. uh, day in, day out. It just, if you restrict your calories day in, day out, your body goes, oh, my God, I haven't got enough fuel coming in. I'm going to slow a few things down. I'm going to slow down my heart rate. I'm not going to grow my fingernails as quickly. I'm just going to not make as much hair. I'm going to reduce my body temperature by 0.3 of a degree or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And and then you go, my weight loss is slowing. What's going on? And so you restrict further. And then the body goes, oh, my God, there's still no fuel coming in. I'll restrict. I'll slow down further. And that's basically how you ruin your metabolism and your metabolic rate. And, you know, for years I did, you know, calorie counting, 1,200 a day. And and the sneaky thing in there was I didn't actually care what food I ate as long as I stayed under my number. Exactly. So nutritionally I was probably deplete I was probably malnourished ridiculously because I spent my whole time trying to eat diet food which was some sort of fake chocolate mousse made by Weight Watchers because my brain goes I don't care it fits into my points right it fits into my points and, and you know it might taste like plastic but yeah it fits into my points. Yeah, absolutely. I know. There was this hideous sort of lemon cheesecake yogurt that I used to eat, which sort of sounds nice, but the artificial sweeteners were so overpowering and disgusting. But I didn't care because by eating this, I was going to shrink my body, and so that didn't matter. It right. did not matter. Exactly. You know, I think about how many times I like choked down, you know, a nasty-ass protein shake because, you know, I needed to get the protein in and, you know, yes. I'm like holding my nose and yeah. it down. Yep. And so when we have then this kind of concept of diet culture, the it, it becomes entirely about um, us as the individual and we assume all the responsibility for what's going on. And we end up using, because, you know, you're on, a diet for a start that's that's the kind of concept everyone says oh no I can't eat that I'm on a diet and then if you're not on a diet then where, where are you you're often in what I call bender land where you're just yes. eating everything mm-hmm. and so you develop this kind of all or nothing um, mindset which is you're either on a diet super strict restricting being air quotes good perfect yes. or you're on a bender eating everything yes. in sight before you start your next diet. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. So, you know, she's in Australia. I'm here uh, in the U.S. And the language trends transcends any continent, right? You know, we all get into that clean, bad, 
healthy, unhealthy, bender, you know, like there's always so many, there's so, there's no difference between where we are. Like our crazy ass (laughs) dieting can transcend any country. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because everybody, uh, you know, I tell lots of different stories and people will say to me, oh my God, Lucy, are you in my mind? You know exactly what I'm thinking. No, no, you're the same as everybody else in the world. We all get lured into this kind of just this false promises and remembering that the diet industry is massive, a multi-billion dollar industry with people promising short well, right. they don't promise short-term solutions. No one ever says to you, I can help you lose five kilos just for two weeks or 10 pounds. You'll only keep it off for two weeks, but no one ever says that. They just yeah. go, I can help you lose weight and it's going to be so easy. All you have to do is follow my plan. Well, but then I also get sucked into the, if you say in two weeks, I'm going to lose 200 pounds and I'm like, oh, I'm going on holiday. I need to lose that 200 pounds. And who gives a crap what happens after holiday? As long yes. as I make it to whatever it is you're trying to make it to. And so it's we kind of keep kicking that rock down the road. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I know. And it's the same. Yeah, people often have a big, you know, wedding or a, a, a graduation or something where they think there's going to be photos. And so they want these photos, these images of themselves smaller and then that's their sort of um you know mark on in life forever when yeah. really that that's not actually real no it is it's not real and, and if i circle we circle back to like diet culture you know they they are so like uh, plugged in to the buttons that need to be pushed like the buttons that just like light up your brain like a freaking slot machine like what to say like they you know they spend I don't even know how many umpteen hours studying women and just giving us like you know what we think are the keys to the castle like if I don't have fat or or gluten or soy or this or this or this we they spend so much time vilifying a food group yeah and you know we've talked about it. We both work with women in their forties. So we think about the first thing was fat. Like it was like, if you had any fat, you were going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Instead I'll have this chemical laden shit storm of yogurt because it's low fat, tastes like rubbish, but going to get me thin it's low all right it's low fat or i remember i don't know if they still make them i've been meaning to google google it um I, i'm sure they made they made it to australia um it was called snack wells mm-hmm. they might have they might have changed the name but basically it was a line of um more like like uh like cookies and like brownie type things that were low fat no fat but were like Oreos or like, you know, your insert your favorite chocolate chip cookie, but it was like the low fat, no fat kind. Yeah. It tasted like freaking cardboard. Yeah. But you felt yeah. really good because, you know, I think, you know, I think they might have told me that it had no fat and it was only like a hundred calories. Yeah. And again, the idea was that the calories were important because you had a limit on calories. But It's, I mean, it's so interesting because we know that, you know, 100 calories of cookies does different things to the hormones in your body to 100 calories of 
um, you know, meat and vegetables. Right. Yeah. And so, and you know, so like, so as my 40 something women are listening, and I know that you work a lot in your clinic with this, you know, so many people say to me, oh, my hormones, my hormones, it's the reason why I'm fat. And I'm like, is it, you know, so talk to how, you know, yes, hormones do play a role. However, yeah, yeah. it's not the so- end of the all. No, and it's interesting because when people hear the word hormones, you think immediately of your female hormones, estrogen right. and progesterone. But in fact, there is actually a whole lot of metabolic hormones that mm. are involved in our um, in our in the way we m- metabolize our food, store our fat. So, the metabolic hormones, in particular, uh, insulin, leptin, ghrelin. They're our three main hormones. So insulin is heavily involved in our fat storage. Leptin is part of our satiety, so our fullness signaling. And ghrelin is our hunger hormone. So, I mean, I I grew up in the 80s learning about diet culture and ghrelin hadn't even been discovered yet. I know, isn't that funny? (laughs) This is how much we are still learning. There's other hormones involved. They've got fancy names like peptide, YY and whatnot. Right. But we're still learning about how our metabolic, our meta- so when I talk about metabolism and metabolic rate, that's really about how we um, digest our food and store our energy for the future. Right. And we're, we're still learning that. And so a lot of the information we were given was wrong, about, yeah. and particularly about low fat. That has just had a disastrous consequence overall for people because low fat, as you said, those either the biscuits or the cookies tasted like cardboard or they supplemented the fat with truckloads of sugar. Right. And then that has then gone on in particular to cause a lot of insulin resistance and, and the explosion of type 2 diabetes. So, Again, 100 calories of sugar has a big difference on our hormone, on particularly right. the way we metabolize our food compared to 100 kilos of, say, protein. Yeah. So it really, so whilst I don't love um, particularly getting into the mindset of, of counting macros and all that sort of stuff, because that's just another form of diet culture, right. I think it really is important to recognize that for lots of people, they do have. Uh, dysregulated metabolic hormones and so insulin resistance in particular is a big driver for hunger yeah and it also stops us leptin resistance stops us feeling full so when people talk about being hungry they often actually are and again diet culture teaches us that hunger is bad Mm. and that it's a character flaw if you're hungry then you're just weak greedy terrible person. I have two things I want to circle back to. So, you know, Mm -hmm. someone will say, someone will listening to us will say, well, I know in order to lose weight, I need to be in a calorie deficit. And you and I are going to say true, true story. And, but then, so they're like, well, how do I get into a calorie deficit if I'm not tracking my calories? Yeah. So there's a difference between calorie deficit and calorie restriction. Uh, Dieting is all about calorie restricting. I, if I, and you know, we were given formulas, you know, you eat 
1,200 calories a day. And if you exercise, uh, you know, for an hour, you will also burn off an extra amount of calories. And so it was this idea that that losing weight is simple maths, you know, calories in, calories out. However, we're, we're not just, you know, calorie. We don't have calorie receptors. We're not calorie. We're not just a straight line. In between all of that, there's a billion not a billion, but many metabolic processes that go right, right. on that work out how we store our fat. And the thing that happens is, well, two things happen. Again, it what you need to do to perhaps, and again, depending on, I guess, if you're overweight and if you've been overweight for a considerable time, then the likelihood is that you have dysregulated metabolic hormones. So the idea is that we need to rebalance them. That's why, you know, I love this word balance. And that's the first key to being able to empty, if you like, your fat stores. And the way I guess I, I like to think about it is if we think about our body as requiring heat, for example. So let's say we've got like a fireplace and Anybody knows that if you're making a good fire, you need both kindling and logs. So kindling is our glucose, which is actually our carbohydrates that we eat, and the logs are like our fat. And so we can either eat the fat or use our stored fat. And so you, the idea in, in really well-running metabolic processes, you use a bit of kindling and some logs. Bang, you've got beautiful energy for the day. However, for lots of us, we don't have any logs next to our fireplace. They're in what I like to call a woodshed. Mm. And so you toddle out to your woodshed and you're trying, your body is trying to get access to its fat stores. And when it tries, it's opening the door. It's trying really hard, but the door's locked. And Mm. the padlock is insulin. Right. So some people have one padlock. But honestly, some people have five or six padlocks. It's a dungeon. (laughs) Yeah, it is locked shut. And so they come back to their fireplace. It's getting low in energy. It's dwindling just a few coals. And that's when people start um, having what they'll call a hypo and they'll go, oh, my God. And they do. They literally start getting, they're hungry, they're lightheaded, they might even be sweaty, they feel terrible. Their brain is going, eat something, for God's sake, eat something. And so you grab the fastest, quickest way to get glucose in, which is often a a cookie or some chocolate, and you feel immediately better. And you go, good, oh, feel better. And this this is exactly what happens then in people with metabolic syndrome or dysregulated metabolic hormones. And so they end up on this cycle then of hunger, and and they they then start associating it with cravings and then they're scoffing you know food in and it's it's physiological it's not that they're weak willed right, right. it's not that their brain is going oh my god I don't know what to do so it's really important I think for people to recognise that there is metabolic processes that go on that do cause us to eat with and so you basically then end up fueling your body just on kindling and we know what happens if you try and warm a house with just kindling doesn't really work. You're no. constantly having to stoke your fire. You're buying giant piles of kindling to put on. So I guess one of the things that we that you know we really recommend initially is having a look at at at, at and again without going into too much counting of macros or anything, but particularly with your sugars, 
right. having a look. Are you a person that eats a lot of sugar? And people will always go, oh, no, I don't eat any sugar, except you find out because they, they think sugar is sugar in your tea. Right, but it's, exactly. Sugar is everywhere. It's in lots of our processed products. But uh, you know the other thing, I, I you know, because I always tell people the sugar and I'm like, you're going to find it surprising things. Like chicken broth. Like mm. it is, it's chicken broth. Like why is there sugar molasses or whatever and I'm just like for the love of God like it's supposed to be a savory thing like so I yes. don't I don't understand why you think you need to put sugar in this yeah absolutely and you know and yeah it's into I mean it's in it's in tomato sauce barbecue sauce but it's also in bread and yeah. um pasta sauce and right yeah. and I'm like did our did our ancestors ever put sugar in bread no of course not. Of course not. So, and I mean, part of it is it's a little bit like, um, you know, cigarettes. So people smoke because mm. it's got nicotine added. They get addicted to the nicotine. Right. Sugar is also an addictive product. Right. Not everyone gets addicted, but not everyone gets addicted to alcohol either. So right. people go, oh, no, I eat sugar. I'm not addicted. It's not addictive. Yes. Yes. For some people it is. Right, and so again, food processors—they're—they're not out to try and help you um, manage your health. They're out to sell products. Exactly, that's their sole purpose. Whether it's a health food company or a junk food company, their entire modus operandi is to sell you more product. If they put, you know, ingredients in there that light up your reward system for dopamine, then you're more likely to go, "Gee, that product's really yummy. I'm going to keep eating it." Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, people are like, okay, so I'm not counting calories, which, which, you know, I think what we're, the takeaway we're trying to give you is that for a lot of people, calories become nebulous. Um, Mm -hmm. They also become, you know, a hundred grand, a hundred calories of a sweet processed treat versus a hundred calories of chicken breast or broccoli does not equate the same as your body starts to process and digest that. Um, so as people are trying to like, you know, navigate this, you know, they're thinking to themselves, well, what do I do? Right. Yeah. What, 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 what do I do? And, you know, I'd like your, your thought process. It's like, I'm trying to keep it simple. Right. Cause it's like, I don't want to be running to my phone and like constantly like adding in my food because that yeah. sucks. <laughs> or totally. you, you feel like, wait, did, did, what did I have? And you're constantly like feeling like behind on yes. your food tracking or goes well for a while and then you just like throw your hands up in the air yeah absolutely you need to keep it simple because our brain is often look brains are funny things they don't like change in general no. they don't like change they're very comfortable doing what they've always done even if what they've always done is not that good for us or harmful to us it is easier to do that than to change so we need to make the change really simple I totally agree with you and the, I have a little formula that I use to try and build a plate is what we call it. And mm. the idea is that you pick a protein. Our bodies actually love, love protein. And we, most of us under eat protein. Right. Again, I'm not big on counting. You know, you have to weigh, like you don't have to weigh everything. But you pick a protein and your protein can be meat, fish, and, and the meat can be red or white, I don't care. Meat, fish, um, eggs, dairy, 
And for people that are vegetarian or vegan, you can look at soy, tempeh, even pulses. Um, so there, you, that's your sort of protein. Then you pick some vegetables and you go, okay, what veggies? And I like to just pick a few colours. So a green veggie, a red veggie, a yellow veggie. So that'll be, you know, I go, what have I got? I don't care. It'd be broccoli, mushrooms and some yellow squash or something like that. Right. And then if your protein is lean, so if your protein is, say, I fill it or something that doesn't have a scrap of fat on it, add some fat to your plate. You are allowed to have fat. It is not the devil. Right. And for me, I I love, I actually love butter. Butter, and there's nothing wrong with butter. It is one ingredient, butter, like there's nothing else in it. So it'll be butter or my other one is olive oil. They're my two fats that I'll often add. Or depending, if it's like a curry, I might add coconut cream, for example. That's a fat. So you've got your protein, add some veggies, add some fat, and add some flavor. So the flavor is herbs and spices. Yeah, that's exactly. It's so simple. And when you've got a little bit of fat and protein together are very satiating, and satiating means keeps you full. Yeah. So I tell this little story about um, in Australia we have these biscuits called Tim Tams, these cookies called Tim Tams. Um, They're they're kind of our iconic cookie. Maybe they're like, they're not like Oreos, but I know Oreos are your iconic cookie. They're these chocolate-coated sandwich little biscuity things. And everybody knows them and everybody eats them and they're our go-to when we're sad, they're our go-to when our boyfriend (laughs) leaves us, they're our go-to when we're watching movies, they're just what you eat. So I know that nine Tim Tams, which sounds like a lot, but I can seriously, I could easily put nine Tim Tams away. Nine Tim Tams has the same calories as 12 eggs. Now, in a packet of Tim Tams is actually 11. So I already know myself well that the old me would have gone, oh, well, I've eaten nine. Well, I might as well eat eat 11. Right. Yeah. So you walk down a packet of Tim Tams over a couple of hours watching a movie, no problem. There is absolutely no way that I would be able to eat 12 eggs. None. My body would start, no, you'd start going, oh, my God, I feel sick. Oh, these eggs are terrible. I cannot possibly eat any more eggs. And the reason for that is that they are a beautiful, perfect combination of fat and protein, and your body knows itself well and says, you know what, we're done. That's enough. Thank you very much. And so not only do you not eat as many calories by focusing on fat and protein you also don't go through this whole insulin surge that I was telling about because those tin tams get straight put into the woodshed and you can't get them back again right they get into the woodshed and the 50 locks go on and there's a guard (laughs) yes absolutely and then you go right and so then two hours later or you're actually hungry again you think right I'm hungry what's going on so basically their Tim Tams have been processed into the shed and back to low kindling, ashes, nothing to, no fuel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, that, you know, that's a really good example because I, a lot of times um, for my clients, I'll say, you know, let's stop snacking. And they're yes. like, but, but I'm going to be hungry. And I'm like, are you going to be hungry? Or is it you're used to that at 4.30, you're used to walking to the fridge and getting whatever it is you get out of the fridge. So, you know, I know for me, when I had to relearn how to eat, I was a clock eater. I I ate at this time, ate at this time, and ate this time. And, you know, my doctor at the time, she's like, all right, Kim, she goes, I want you to not get up in the morning and and make breakfast. If you're not hungry, 
Don't eat. I know that I that is one of my favorite rules. And, and, and I was, that was her. That was like the first because I was like, she goes, she's like, do you? She goes, how do you eat? And I was like, well, you know, I usually get up by six, and by like six thirty, seven o'clock, I make something to eat, and then by ten thirty, then and she's like, okay, so you know what time you eat? And she's like, she goes, well, are you a shift worker? You know that that, that you know that's yeah. your specific break, so you have no choice. And I said, no, yeah. I can eat whatever the hell I want. She goes, yeah, yeah. So she's like, you're eating by the clock. She goes, I need you to stop eating by the clock. So she's like, if you wake up in the morning, she's like, like move around, like have a cup of coffee. If you don't feel like you need to eat something after you have a cup of coffee, do not eat. Eat yeah. until you are actually says, you know what? I could eat. Like not because it's morning. Eat yeah. because you're hungry. And that was really hard because it's like, I was like, am I hungry or am I, is it because it's time? Am I hungry? It's because of time. And it just, it was like a three month process of like breaking me of the, I eat at this time because I've always eaten at this time. And I think for, like you said earlier, so many of us we've been beat into us that we shouldn't be hungry. Like hunger is a sign hunger. And yeah. it's, not, it's not a good sign. It's a bad sign. And that, yeah. you know, every three hours we had to be fueling our metabolism. Well, all that did yeah. was make me fat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, and I think it's tricky because, there, I mean, as I said, there are some people who, who can get away with those woodshed. Or something, if you've got a woodshed that's closed, then you do run out of fuel because you've been doing low fat eating your whole life. And right. so you're a, a, a sugar burner, a carbohydrate burner. That's what your mm-hmm. body's used to, that's what it wants. And that's what it keeps asking you for. And you go, right. I, am, I am hungry, Kim. What will I do? And I go, okay. What we're wanting to do is fuel our body with some with fat and protein as your as your protein first, protein and fat as your thing. So my, right. my one of my favorite things is to go, am I egg hungry? Would I eat an egg? Would I yes. eat a boiled egg? Assuming you're not allergic to eggs, would I eat a boiled egg? And most people go, oh no, I'm sick of eggs. Then you're not really hungry. Right. You're just looking, you're cruising the kitchen looking for mm-hmm. something. A drive by, opening the pantry and going, What what is in here? Now, right. You, what's you gonna want... pop into yeah. my eye? Yeah. So you're not really hungry. You're just maybe bored, lonely, yes. something else. Exactly. But when you're hungry, you're very happy to eat a couple of scrambled eggs. Yeah. And so you go, yeah. And, in fact, I actually love being a tiny bit hungry, not so hungry that I, I want to eat my arm off, but a tiny bit hungry because it makes our food taste so much better. Yes, than, yes, yes. You know, we've all had dinner when you've not really, you know, you might have eaten something in the afternoon, you're not really hungry for dinner, but it's dinner time, you know, and so you eat and, and it's like it's all right, but it's not that good. Right. Whereas if you a little bit hungry, you can't wait to have your dinner. You're so excited about it. And it can be exactly the same food, but it tastes so much better. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I remember um, when I was first learning about all of this, um, my coach at the time is like, you know, you're hungry if you're going to eat broccoli. Like that's just yeah. like, you're like, because no one ever craves like, you know what? I could go for some broccoli today. Like no one ever says that. I mean, if you no. do awesome, good for you. But most people yeah. <laughs> don't ever have a hankering for broccoli. And it's like, if you can say, you know what? I could eat broccoli right now. Then you aren't hungry. You, you're, you're not hungry. You're in like seek and crave mode. Yes. And I mean, the interesting thing is that processed food companies absolutely 
hijack our oh, dopamine response. God, yes, yes, to food. yes. Yeah, they there- spend billions of dollars researching the bliss point. Oh, sorry, Kim. My, I'll just go and grab my <laughs> my AirPod. Just flew out of my ear. Don't then. worry. Oh, well, it's under a table. I just have to go grab it. Ah, <laughs> oh, actually. I'm sorry, I actually can't reach it. It's under, it's gone, it's flung under about 10,000 boxes. Yeah, I I know that feeling. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I'm really sorry. No worries. What if I try? Just, can you hear me? I hear you just fine. Excellent. So let me just... Check. I'm really sorry about that. It's so annoying. No. I trust me. The last two days, a technology gremlin has crawled into my home and has taken up residence. <laughs> well, um, yes, oh, mine's a bit the same. In fact, this morning, obviously, because I'm as I said, I just clicked on this Google Meet. So I'm thinking, wait, what do I do here? And um, I don't know. It, and then suddenly, I, I thought I'll just press this other button. And then I was in in your Zoom room. So there we go. Yeah. Um, Yes. So uh, we were talking about processed food companies taking over your, um, you know, your reward signaling pathway. Oh, God, yes. And, yeah, they do. They make a product that your brain goes, oh, my God, that is amazing, and give me more. Yeah, there's a there's a book, and I like I'm, I was as you were talking, I was trying to think of the name, but there's a book, a, a guy who he's a food researcher, and he basically mm-hmm. like said, I was in the industry for decades, and this was my job. My job was to find that right blend of you know salt and sweet, that right blend of spice in this, so that when you first took a bite out of it, you just lost your damn mind. Yes, and yes. He, he talked about how he. Um, the Doritos. He worked for he worked for Frito, and he talked about how his boss at the time went to a Mexican street fair, and someone made what 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 would become the Dorito. And he ta- and his boss was like, "This is absolutely fabulous." And they're like, "You know, how do we recreate it so that it's not fresh, but it has that same like all the taste yeah. profiles?" <clears throat> and Frito went for like years to create the like the Dorito. And if you think about the Dorito, you can't just have one. <laughs> no, 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 no. And in fact, Pringles, that's their motto. Once yeah. you pop, you can't stop. Yeah. So I often think, how amazing is that, that you've got a company that actually says they're proud. Once you pop, you can't stop. And it's like, yeah. And they, what, like what? you said, they spend billions to figure out the right combination yeah. that just like you, as soon as you see the packaging, you just remember like, oh yeah, that's going to be yes. good. And I'm going to throw it in yeah. my cart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to then wolf down the whole packet because once right. I pop, I can't stop. Right. So I might buy two. Yeah. 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 And they're often on special anyway. Buy one, get the second one up price or buy two for, you know, not much more. Right. So, yeah, I, I fell into all of those traps. I used to always be bargain hunting for junk food because, and, you know, sometimes I just... I'd go and I'd look and I'd buy the one that's on special, even if it's not my favourite because my brain loves a bargain and it's going, Mm -hmm. right, I'm going to buy this flavoured chocolate because it's on special Um, and, yeah, I I don't care about the rest. Yeah. Or you'd buy it and it just wouldn't, like, um, blow your hair back the way you thought it would. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would eat it anyway. So I always, you know, I tell, I always tell my clients, I'm like, have three bites. And if it doesn't like meet all the expectations, like if all the bells and whistles aren't going off in your brain, don't eat it. Like it's not, yeah. it's, it's not worth finishing it just because you bought it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You And this is it. You don't need to wait till Monday to change your mind. Right. You can, you can stop halfway through your whatever product and go, actually, what am I doing? I don't even want this. Bang, put it in the bin. Right, exactly. Go, I, can't, I can't waste food. Okay. It's, it's not food. That's not food. That's just a product. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny, again, how our brain has been conditioned to not waste food. Wait, yeah. Food wastage is like a sin. Yes. But. Again, processed products aren't food. That's how I justified in my head. And the other right. thing is that you don't need to finish something off just so that you're not wasting it. Your, right. your body isn't the bin. So we eat food. You know, we'll eat the scraps off our kids' plates because we don't want to waste it, but we're not yeah. the bin. No, we're not. We're not. And, you know, so there's like two There's two things that, to follow up with that. So I, I interviewed a woman a few years ago about, you know, um, how do you feed your kids? Because so many of my clients be like, oh, I just keep eating off their plates. And so, you know, the woman was like, you're feeding your kid too much. You know, mm. like if you are mm. if consistently find that your kid is leaving half their plate or whatever, you're eating, giving them too much because yeah. they can always like, if you could they scale it back and they can always ask for more. Yes. Right. Cause it's, and, and so that was just like, you know, in my head, I'm like, that's just like freaking common sense. Absolutely. And in fact, not just for your kids, you can do that for yourself. Right. You can give yourself a small bowl. And the deal is if you're still properly hungry, you are allowed to go and get more. Yeah. You know, or, or it gives you, it gives you that. I always say, take a pause. Like, okay, you, you, yeah. you, you gave yourself, you gave yourself that, that bowl of whatever. And if you finish it, just ask yourself, do you really want a second bowl? Or yeah. is it that you're telling yourself you deserve that second bowl? But it's like, give yourself a pause. Give yourself a, a five hot minutes before you're sprinting back to the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. But see, lots of people will go, oh, I just, I don't want to say, I don't want to have to get up again and get more. So I'll just have a bigger plate now and that'll save me having to get up. And I go, no, right. no. We often want to put in a few little barriers to the quantity of food that you eat because right. once it's in your bowl, it, it's very hard for our brain to leave it because of this conditioning about, um, you know, too much on your plate. And in, in my day, you know, we grew up with this line, there are children starving in Africa, you need to eat all your food. It's like, <laughs> It was really. I, I, and I laugh again. This is another thing that translates continents. You know, there's always a starving kid somewhere. Right. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the, like there was kids were starving in Africa when I when I was a kid. I don't know if, if it's moved on to India or if Afghanistan yeah. now, but every there's always a kid starving somewhere. And I remember hearing a comedian being like, you know what? There's a kid starving everywhere, but you don't have to be the person that causes the starvation. So no. don't have to finish your, finish your plate. And, you know, I'm not a big pr proponent of Noom, but one of the things that they did talk about was like, I've been conditioned to finish your plate. Yeah. And when my mother was a kid, her grandmother used to make her, if you didn't finish your plate, you had to sit there until it was done. Oh. Again, wasting food. And if you, and my mother would like sit there for hours. And then finally my grandmother would, would, would want to like 
leave the kitchen. So she would take her plate, put it in the refrigerator yeah, and serve it to her again and again and again until she finished eating whatever was on her plate. And so I'm grateful for that because my mother was like, I will never make my kids finish what's on their plate because that's a sign that they or they're done. Absolutely. And and I think the really important thing there is that kids actually have really good inbuilt hunger and satiety signaling. Yes. And children don't, they're not conditioned. So what happens though is that as adults, we get worried if our kid hasn't eaten enough. We've got this mindset that, oh my God, that'll mean they'll wake up overnight if they haven't eaten everything. So we do all of these little tricks to try and cajole babies into eating, you know, with planes on spoons to try and get in, you know, you're forcing them to eat. But what happens with kids is that, you know, there'll be days where your child will wolf down buckets, you know, three platefuls. And as a mother, you feel so proud. Oh, my, they ate my food. That's wonderful. But then they don't eat, they hardly eat anything the next day. And you go, oh, my God, what's wrong with them? They ate everything yesterday. But kids are really good at regulating right. high energy days and low energy days. They right. know. They and, absolutely and know. Right. And it's, and it's, you think about us, like you, like some, some days I'm like, oh, I didn't really eat today. And then some some days you're like, gosh, I'm like, I feel like the bottomless pit. <laughs> yes. And that's and that's normal. But we've been conditioned normal. to think that that's not normal. No. And and often think, you know, a set of people. So if if you have a car and you fill it up every Tuesday, no matter what, but you don't drive it for a week, do you go and fill it up? Of course you don't. Right. If you've driven that car extra, you put more petrol in. Right. We're not, you know, we are not a 1,200 calorie a day person no matter what. Like that's, again, it's what we've been conditioned to believe. We eat the same food every day no matter what what we right. do. Yeah. And it's, you know, one of the things I've been working a lot with on, with my clients on is that like um, the concept of, I call them red, green, and yellow days. And yep. we have those days where you're just like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it today. Like I've just, mm. I got nothing in the tank. And and yeah. be okay and be okay with having nothing in the tank and be mm. good with that. And then you have days where you're like, I woke up, I got a great night's sleep, I'm gonna crush. That's the day that you crush. But it's like we always feel like that we always have to be like go, 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 or we're going to lose our game. Yeah. Yeah. And Resting is lazy. So whatever right. you do, don't rest is our is what our brain goes. Oh, I right. can't be resting. I, I and you know, we're constantly having to achieve and tick things off the list. And you're right, absolutely right. We right. do not ever give ourselves permission to rest. But again, it's this balance. If we're not, if we're constantly in overdrive, then we're not we're not resting. We're not allowing our body to recover and replenish and rejuvenate. Right. And as you know, I was um, stealing this from your website, which I absolutely love. <laughs> and I think it's a, a great pl- place to take us right now is that like you are on your re- re- website, it's 95% mindset, 4% food, 1% movement. And yeah. in there, one of the things you said was, and it's kind of become like one of my like ways to create people's habits is that our rigid mindset is what's keeping us stuck that, you know, yes. we put, we put these blinders on and, and again, coming back to diet culture, diet culture told us that I have to eat a certain amount of calories. And I'm sure you see this too, where it makes mm. me create, it makes me cringe when someone's like, I haven't lost any weight. How many calories should I eat? What, or what should I remove from my diet? And, and yeah. our, our mindset tells us that everything has to be about remove, 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 remove. 
till I'm yes. pretty much eating ice and lettuce. Yes, yes, absolutely. And in fact, for lots of people, the way to 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 lose weight, if you like, is to actually increase increase your food. But it's not you don't increase necessarily. Um, you you can increase the amount, but it's increasing the quality of your food yes. that makes the difference. Because again, our body doesn't run on calories; it runs on you know it has nutrients. Oh, sorry, darling, can you hear that noise? That's my husband. He's just got up because it's seven o'clock in the morning here. Yeah, no, I, and- I have one of those husbands too who like <laughs> as soon as I say I'm doing a podcast, we'll start banging around, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, could I? Am I recording? Because I need to kill you right now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm thinking, no oh worries. God. Not only has my earpods flung under the car thing, now my husband's decided no, to get out the coffee. It's, it's fine. It's, I'm like, I feel like when you have a comedy of errors, it makes for a great <laughs> podcast. So those of you guys listening, because I don't edit any of this out. I, I like, I'm like, you know what? This is how life is. This is life. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um, yes, because and in fact, you know, that is one of my mantras. So my um, uh, my business is real life medicine. We call it that because I am so big on just rocking up being real rather than curated. Yeah. So many people, they use, you know, their filters and they, they're photoshopping and they're giving you the highlight reel of their life. And all that creates is feelings of inadequacy in in the rest of us and we're all perfectly flawed humans no one is perfect and in fact that's one of my other things about diet culture is that it's all about perfection yes perfection is a myth we don't we're not perfect we don't need to be perfect and we can just learn to manage our imperfections and I think what diet culture encourages us to do is this idea that you're perfect, and if you're not, if you're not perfect, then the words we use are not. Um, we use words like you broke your diet, you yes. cheated, um, you failed. Like they're really, really destructive words to our psyche. And whereas if we look at other at words that going right, well, we've got a path that we want to be on, and maybe we had a little deviation off mm. that path, but we can just get back on it. And yeah. um, my um, partner in crime, Dr. Mary, runs Real Life Medicine with me. Oh, my God, now he's grinding beans. Can you believe that? It's like, seriously, dude. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, listeners. You got to hear my husband in the background. But I, I absolutely love it because husbands are all the same. <laughs> they're, they're all the same. I know, I know. And it's like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, hopefully he won't come barging in. No, I don't think he will. Right. But anyway, even if he does, I'll be very grateful because what he will be doing is bringing me coffee, which is. Which yeah, is okay. So, he, so right, he, he can live. He gets, he gets another yeah. day of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, as you said, and people use, yeah, just really, really harsh language. Yes. And that then translates into us. And I'm sure, like, again, in the old days when I was diet, when I was a dieter, I would use words to beat myself up because what I thought was that if I was mean to myself, that would motivate me to do better. So I would go, oh, my God, Lucy, you're so bloody hopeless. Get your act together. You're such a loser. You've just got to be good. You've got to be perfect. You've got to get on this and just do it right for once. Yes. And there'd be this sort of chatter going on all the time. 
And then I'd get to a situation where I'm trying to make a decision and the decision would be things like, oh, don't eat it. You, you're going to ruin everything. You're going to, you know, wonder haven't you haven't lost any weight. Right. And some of that, <clears throat> again, came from, you know, Weight Watchers mm. and, you know, for, for a long time. And, I mean, I was a Weight Watchers life member because I lost weight. I could lose weight. Right. And you'd go there and you'd have, have what what one of my clients calls the weight witches and she'd stand there and they'd you'd hop on the scales and they'd comment mm. right and if you hadn't lost they go so what have you been eating this week and you'd go oh I don't know maybe I had one cake oh that'll be it that one cake right. that's ruined everything you need to right. do better and so you had this idea that you had to do better and that one cake was ruined the reason everything ruined everything and it doesn't one cake, it's like one shower doesn't break a drought. Right, exactly. Or one shower doesn't cause a flood. It's not the one little thing that you're doing. If you had cake, you know, three times a day every day, yeah, okay, well, you know. Right, you got issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, yeah, it's, and it is, it is hard to navigate this path. Like if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. If it was easy, it would be. Right. And I guess there's. There's, there's one little point I just want to make, and it is about I have this idea that there are like three buckets of people. Mm-hmm. So one bucket of one set of people don't they don't care about food at all. You know, they're the people that'll have cake like once a year at a at someone's fancy birthday, and they just they just don't care. They're not food orientated. These are the same people, and they're not the same people, but it may be it's a similar concept that maybe somebody has a glass of wine twice a year or something, and really they go, oh, yeah, that was all right, but whatever. Right. You've then got the middle bucket of people who are perhaps eating more than they want to or should or or, or that more than is helpful to them. And so they might be the people that are eating maybe chocolate and, and ice cream on the couch every night because they've had a bad day at work or it's, you know, for various reasons. They can actually stop. It's possibly causing them some, um, you know, issues, but it's not completely detrimental to their health yet. Mm. And then you've got the third bucket of people that are completely addicted to particularly these processed sugars and really are, can't stop, even though it is causing them complete harm. So they may have diabetes, they may have even had complications from their diabetes, and they still can't stop. It's very similar to alcohol. You've got people that, as I said, drink wine once or twice a year. You've got people that are probably drinking, you know, every night, but it's it's all right. And then you've got the people that uh, have, you know, serious alcohol problems and they've lost their house and their marriage, but they still keep drinking. So it's exactly the same with gambling, same thing. People buy, right. you know, a lotto ticket once or twice a year, no big deal. Other people, it's part of their culture, their friends, particularly young men these days, you know, they 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 spend a considerable amount of their money gambling, but they haven't lost anything yet. And then the third lot. So I think with, again, with every person, I often say to you, you need to know yourself well. You need to work out which bucket you're in. The majority of people are in the middle bucket. And that's fine. Some people are actually in this end bucket, the big bucket, where really it is like an addiction. They are completely hooked on processed food. And for them, and honestly, Kim, I, I was probably in that bucket. Like right. I, I just found it really hard to stop. And so for me, even now, what happens is that I know, know myself really well. I know that if I have a hankering for a cookie, 
and I have one, that hankering doesn't go away. I then just want another one. And the hankering still doesn't go away. It's like an itch that doesn't get scratched. And so that is part of the reason why I can easily, once I start, I can keep going. And I, I actually don't like that feeling. So for me, I recognize that that, for me, it is easier to have no cookies than to have one. And it's not that I am feeling deprived or restricted. I no longer feel deprived or restricted because I now know myself well and I now know that for me, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. Now, that's not the same for everybody. There are some people that can have go, oh, I really feel like something. And they'll go, I'll just have one cookie or I'll just have a couple, two slices, uh, two squares of chocolate or whatever. I'll just have a small amount of, you know, they can portion control, they can weigh out their blah, blahs. And, and for them, that it works really well. But you need to know which bucket you're in. Right. And when you work that out, and, and, and probably for most of us listening, most of us aren't in the first bucket because if we we're in the first bucket, we wouldn't have any issues with managing our health and weight because we're not food orientated. But, and I look even at my two kids. I've got two, I've got two kids, one's in the middle bucket and one's probably in the end bucket. Right. She's not ready to address her food addiction. That's not, that's her. And again, I'm, I, it will not help if I try and force my views on her because you cannot change another person. You, can't. you can only nope. change yourself. But knowing that for me, really, it doesn't feel restricted anymore. It feels liberating because what used to happen was I'd eat the whole packet, feel terrible, feel really bad, really like I'm hopeless, weak, useless, and then I'd have to kind of counter this, you know, sin that I've done, this, and and the only way I felt that I could get redemption was to then restrict the next day and I'd go, oh, God, well, I've been so bad. I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat nothing the next day yeah, to exactly. make up for it. Mm-hmm. So this, again, is all this idea that, and it is complicated. Like if it was easy, we would all just be, oh, now my dog's barking. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> if it was easy, we would all just be walking an easy path. But it is, my one of my favourite sayings is to say weight loss, Permanent weight loss, so sustainable long-term weight loss, is a personal development journey. It's not a meal plan. Right, yes. You learn yes. to know yourself really well, learn to know what your what your drivers for eating are, and, you know, sometimes they're stress, sometimes they're emotional, sometimes they are actually addiction. And and you can work, once you work out your drivers, then you, then you can work with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, as a kind of like, start to like wrap it up. I feel that most people don't take the time. Like I don't take a step back to assess like what's going on in my world right now. I'm like, no, I'm going to pull this book off the shelf or I'm going to Google this or so-and-so is doing that. So that's what I'm going to do with versus what lane am I in? Right. You know, what, what, what is the, what is my bucket? Because if I'm constantly doing things that are out of my bucket, I'm always going to feel like a failure Correct. because I'm not choosing something that's where I am right now. Oh, absolutely. And I totally, um, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, and this is again, part of where diet products are offering a quick solution. You know, you don't have yeah. to know yourself well, just drink my shakes. That'll be fine. That's all you have to do. And it's like, uh, 
that that will help you maybe with some short-term weight loss. But really, at the end of the day, I know people sometimes want to lose weight for a holiday, but really, do you want to actually just lose weight only to regain it, only to lose it, only to regain it? It's exhausting. It really is. Yeah. And I think that the idea of, you know, I drive down the road of life and I used to drive like careering, one side perfect, the other side a bender. And I was often, I was like out of control. And now you, when you learn to know yourself, when you know who you are, what bucket you're in, what your drivers are, what your, what your motivation is, all of that, it's like you're driving down the road and you've got lane assist now and you make yeah. little adjustments all the time. And it's easy. It's easy. You're not overcorrecting all the time. You're just doing this. And yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. And that, you know, even though we both don't like the term maintenance, that's where I always tell people, you know, and Lanus is the perfect thing where it's yeah. like, you know, it's green if things are going well. But, yeah. you know, there are times in life where we're going to steer a little bit off to the left. And like, you know, I mind like my steering wheel buzzes. And yeah. you, so you it's go, like oh. my steering wheel's buzzing. So it's like I look and I'm like, oh, you know what? I was having a little bit too many of those biscuits. Okay. So I, you know what? I can have a biscuit, but not every night. Yeah, absolutely. And so I and can it, get back in my lane. Totally. And I remember I read somewhere that um a plane, say a plane flying from Melbourne to San Francisco, makes, I don't know, like six thousand micro corrections as it mm. as it flies over there. And if it didn't make those micro corrections, it would end up in Antarctica. Huh. So I think often that's what, that's now what I look at. I go, oh, I'm just making micro corrections, and micro corrections are easy compared to these careering where it was hard because you know you're constantly turning that steering wheel and overcorrecting and then turning it back. No, it's exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. Um, and this has been like such a, a great conversation. And one of the things I always ask everyone who is on my uh, podcast, I ask, what makes you feel magical? Yeah. So for me, uh, the, the magical thing for me has been knowing what were my drivers for eating in the past. Mm. Now, um, it, instead of using um, berating to motivate myself because that was always what I thought and I would have picked you know I'd have like pictures of a pig in my cupboard you know just awful awful things to try and motivate myself and now I I motivate my uh, well I now treat myself with love and compassion and kindness recognize that I'm not perfect and I don't need to be and that if I'm not liking what I'm doing if I'm not liking my behavior I look at well what's driving my behavior and Uh, what do I need to then make adjustments to so that I can do the thing I want to do I like that I like that yeah it it, it, you know it's also getting to know you right you had to like know you who is who is Lucy outside of the particular plan you were following yeah yeah and you know what I am more than the number on my scales yes you know my my day doesn't you know I I I don't weigh myself anymore I am I I and I know we you know we were talking about maintenance and but the the weight I lost three years ago it's for the first time in my life it stayed off 
normally by now I would have gained and lost that same. So it was 20 kilos, which is about 45 pounds. And I would have gained and lost that three Mm -hmm. times again by now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just sick of people asking me, are you on a diet this week, Lucy? Because they knew if I was on a diet, they wouldn't offer me the food. If I was on a diet, I'm probably going to eat the whole plate. Yes, (laughs) I know that. That was me too. Yeah, it's 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 in, it's disempowering and being in control now of what I eat without rigidity. So it's it's in control. I mean, I feel in control, but I'm not rigid. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, and I like that because it's like rigidity. It's like it just. I think about like being in like a, a glass box, and like if mm. I make one false move everything's going to break. And I feel so many women put themselves self-imposed box that, you know, I have to show up at a friend's party and I better make sure I ate before I go so that I don't lose my shit at the party. I better make sure when I go to the party that I don't have a glass of wine and everyone should know I'm on a diet and what diet I'm on. And, you know, I got the will and I got the willpower and the discipline where it's like, go to have a party and enjoy yourself. Like, don't be that girl. Yeah. Although it's it's interesting because what would happen for me was that I would be spending my time thinking about the party and it would be entirely about the food. Yeah. I'd be thinking, what am I going to, this will be good. I'm going to go. And it would be like almost like permission to completely eat, completely stuff myself because it was acceptable. And I actually, to the point where I, I didn't even care about the people. Right. So obsessed about the food there, largely because I was probably starving myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And instead now I would go to a party and my focus is the people, because that's why you go. I mean, if right. I, if it was about the food, I could just stay in my bedroom and scoff food. Right. So the party is about the people. So again, just saying, well, what, what is this gathering about? It, is it entirely about the food? And again, when you maybe sugar obsessed as I, as I was, it was a bit like, what event could I get my fix um, and do it sort of legally in my my brain? So right. there was some some interesting dialogue that just went on. And again, I I didn't know this. It was all it's all been unpacked over the last few years to work out. Ah, okay, now I know what's going on. So I will go to a party. I, I certainly will have a glass of wine because wine for me is, is something I can regulate. If I had an alcohol problem, you know, if wine was something I couldn't regulate, then I, I wouldn't have wine. Right. I could, I will go. Uh, so I guess that's that's probably my messaging is working out what, what food is easy for you to regulate. Yeah. If you can regulate exactly. food easily, then that's, that's easy. But for me, so if there was a bowl of M&Ms there, I, I would have trouble regulating those because I would then go and I just keep wanting to go back and get more and more and more and then I don't and then I start this you know again this cycle of self-berating and shame and all that sort of stuff and it's actually easier for me to work out all right M&M's is something I have trouble regulating so I probably I'm not going to have those but um you know whatever else is there let's say there's quiche or something like that I don't have any trouble regulating that I'm going to have some quiche I'm going to have some um, you know, sausage rolls, I don't have any trouble regulating those. That's no problem. Right. Uh, you know, cheesecake, yeah, probably. Because then what I'm trying to do, and this is where it gets awkward, is that I'm, I'm wanting more and more cheesecake and I'm thinking, how many people have seen me have a slice? Yeah. Right. I'm trying to then sneak back to have another slice without anyone noticing. And, again, this is part of, you know, it's part of shame and there's a whole whole other topic that we could one day chew the fat on about food shame. But, yeah, mm. that it is just 
there's, I think that's it. Again, part of knowing yourself is working out what is, what's easy for you to regulate. And it's not about good and bad. It's a right. Bit, and everyone's different. I'm yeah. also not very good at regulating nuts. So even though nuts are whole food, lots of good proteins. Right. And them, I have I a lot of hard, butter. I have a lot yeah. of peanut butter addicts. And so I'm like, you know what? It, at some point they can come back. But yeah. at, at this point, why am I going to try to like, strap myself to my chair and I'm like I'm not gonna have it and like the whole time peanut butter is like dancing across my desk like that's all yeah. I can see and all I can think about and I was like for now leave it out of the house yeah. like why challenge your willpower right there's yes. so many other things absolutely I love this idea that and I learned this from a horse trainer make the right thing easy so the thing that you want to do make that easy yeah the wrong thing so the thing that you don't want to do eat the peanut butter, make that harder. Right. And, harder, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, people go, oh, but I can just drive down to the supermarket and get it. Yeah, of course you can. But right. it's a bit harder to do. Right. No one, like, if, if, here it is, you know, it, it, you know, are you going to get up at 7 a.m. and be like, yeah, I'm totally going to drive to the grocery store right now. Like, you're yeah. like, well, well, I got to put clothes on. Then I got to get in the car. And then it might be raining outside or it might be, you know, bad weather. And you're like, do I really want to go out in that? And then you, you, yeah. you're less likely to do that versus, all I got to do is walk down the stairs, walk down yeah. the hall. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, people that have it sitting out on the bench. So you weren't even right. thinking about it and there it is, bang. Oh, yeah. oh, I wouldn't mind some of that. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, And I know it's tricky. People go, oh, but my kids eat peanut butter and that's, you know, they it's not fair to them. Well, again, kids, kids can survive without peanut butter for a little bit. It is much easier for you to do, you know, put yourself at the top for right. once. Well, let's put, you know, and I don't, it's, it's, <laughs> someone says, says that to me, I'm like, I'm going to flip the script. What if your kid had a peanut allergy? Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like, cause it's, I know, you know, I, I don't know how like in the peanut police are in Australia, but like pretty much if you bring a peanut butter sandwich to any elementary school here, like everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah. hung, drawn and quartered. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who are you? Are you trying to kill your friend? Yeah, right. No, you might as well yeah. have brought a gun to school. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, I think that's it. It, it really is about, oh, sorry, knowing okay. yourself well, um, working out which bucket you're in, what is easy for you to regulate and make Make easy, make life easy for yourself, yes. and make the right thing easy. And that that so the thing you want to do easy, and the thing that you don't want to do, make that harder. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, making it easy is just absolutely the 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 best way to do that. Well, yeah, Doctor Lucy, thank you so much for your time. You've given like so many great insights. And uh, ladies, if you have found like any of this helpful, do me a favor, find Lucy on the socials. Where can they find you on the socials? Uh, so real life medicine is um is our is our name and again because we're real uh and our website is rlmedicine.com and if anyone is interested in reading particularly about the woodshed then we have a free ebook that they can download which goes you know writes it all out because sometimes the concept people go what, what was she talking about again right so we've got it yeah we've got it all written in a book Right. And so that link will be in the show notes. And again, you know, make sure you, you know, if you, this resonated with you, you know, follow her on social media, go to oh, her website, thank you. check her out because she has been an absolute dream guest. And thank you so much for taking the time today or the morning. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, Kim. Thank you. And thank you for putting up with all my realness. No, I had a lot of realness too. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. 
thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.